Welcome to the Bruins Benders Podcast. It's season two, episode 46. It's almost hockey season with Maddie and Smitty brought to you on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and ECHL news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink. Download the Inside the Rink app, and you can subscribe to the Inside the Rink YouTube page to see us on YouTube and watch our episodes. Smitty will tell you how to sign up for ESPN+. Plus. You can sign up for ESPN Plus by going to the Inside the Rink website. Go to InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN and sign up today. I have ESPN Plus, and I love all the Major League Baseball, soccer, college sports, UFC, and much, much more. So sign up for ESPN Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. And the uh, college football season underway. I'll tell you what, I couldn't find a good game. Every game seemed to be 75 to nothing and 81 to 10. And (laughs) my God, I couldn't find a game that was within, you know, 40 points. No, the only reason uh, to watch right now is uh, is to get out the old DraftKings app and uh, throw oh, yeah. a little throw a little change on those uh, yeah, on those bad bet. boys. Sure, just yeah. bet. You just take the bet. over. Yeah, and then and then uh, yeah. and then a game is interesting for you. Yeah, there you go. 81, 81 to seven, I think Oregon won. Eighty one. Yeah, Clemson seven. Duke. Duke beats Clemson, their first win against oh, yeah. their top 10 opponent in like 100 years or something like that <laughs> since their football program was yeah. established. And and yeah. Davo Sweeney, uh, the the head coach of uh, of Clemson, is all like, you know, we uh, we are uh, God's team. <laughs> we're, God's we're in God's image and likeness. And uh, mm-hmm. since he's made those uh, quotes, uh, Clemson is 0-2. So maybe yeah. God does not give a crap. About the Clemson Tigers. I think it's god-awful is the term uh, for Clemson Tiger football. Yeah. Uh, but, hey, it's a hockey season around the corner, finally. See, this finally. August is just rough. Yeah. You know, there's nothing going on. Not a lot going on. And it's, you know, hockey hockey just kind of stalls out in August. At least you can get through the draft and some free agency and mm-hmm. stuff through July. But once August hits, it's the dog days. It is. Uh but we're right around the corner from training camp. We had the captain's practice was today for the Bruins. Mm-hmm. And uh, Seven Chirps is sponsored by Lobster Brewing, Lobster Brewing and Tasting Room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers, open seven days a week. Use the coupon code SPORTS to get 10% off your order. And you can uh, go to lobsbrewing.com to place that order or follow them at Lobster Brewing on social media for new beers and events. Chirp number one. Two veteran forwards assigned to PTOs by the Bruins, Alex Chason and old friend Danton Hine. First, Alex Chason, what do you think about that? I, I, I mean, it's you know he's a he's a good veteran guy. He's had some uh, playoff experience, some Stanley Cup experience, so uh, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, I don't know if he'll make the team, um, but uh, you know it's another veteran guy, maybe a little depth of the bottom six. Um, that, you know, can push some of those young guys and, and, you know, maybe he can find his way onto the team, but I'm thinking, uh, it's unlikely. Uh, big, big dude. Yeah. And, and, and kind of has a, you know, last, last year he had like six goals in like 20 games or something like he has a, he has kind of a penchant to score a goal here or there, yeah. gets his big body in front of the net. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, so maybe it's something they are looking. I'll tell you what, they are going for more size. It seems it does. Bruins. Like they're getting a lot of size in their forward group. Um, so I think that that's a focus for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I like, I, like you, I don't, I don't think Chase is going to make the team unless there's a couple injuries or the young guys just don't perform well at all mm-hmm. in training camp. Um, but then there's Denton Heinen, and uh, no one loves you some Denton Heinen more than Bruins fans. They do. Uh, they seem to love this dude uh, universally, and I don't understand. I'm like, I, you know, whatever. I mean, he's fine. Um, not a huge point getter, you know, defensively okay, you know, just kind of a guy that doesn't, almost like a PJ Axelson type of thing, just kind of, you know, plays plays pretty good defensive hockey, doesn't really give you much offensively, you know, here or there, like kind of a dime a dozen guy for me, but people seem to like him. Yeah, I think it's a, a it's a low risk signing for them. So uh, he is good defensively, and um, he's played with some good players. And when he plays with good players, he chips in offensively. I think he has like you know around a hundred points and around two hundred and some odd games. So a little mm-hmm. bit less than you know uh, half a point a game type of thing, which is actually pretty similar to um, Tyler Bertuzzi's numbers uh, as Ty Anderson right. po- pointed out on Twitter earlier True. today. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe you get uh, kind of a, a cheaper version of that. He doesn't have the intangibles. I don't think that Bertuzzi has as far as um, the way Bruins fans in general would like him to play um, with a little more snarl nastiness that, uh, that Bertuzzi brings. Um, but he, but he does seem to be in the right place at the right time a lot of times and, and you know, has a knack for kind of scoring some goals around the net and so forth. And he had a pretty good rookie season with the Bruins uh, back in the day. So I think it's kind of a low-risk thing. Uh, another guy who could add a little depth to the bottom six. And, you know, maybe he, you know, you, you, you find something there if, um, you know, uh, he plays with the right combination of guys. Um, again, I'm not sure he makes the team. You know, maybe it's there. He's there to push some of the younger guys a little bit, and and you kind of see what happens and and so forth. Yeah, I you know I I um he, I mean he's he's fine. I mean he's he's okay. And and but what I really didn't understand though is why no one signed him. I mean he's only twenty eight, just turned twenty eight in July, and I thought maybe someone would sign him. Um, you know he he didn't have a great year last year, but he did have a a good year this first year with Pittsburgh. Of course, he played a little bit with Crosby, I think, too, here and there. So that, that certainly helped. Yeah, but uh, but and then I don't know quite, you know, who he's going to play with here, which makes a difference. Like certainly you said. does. I mean, if he goes out with guys who aren't really great playmaking type players and not really offensively gifted type players, you know, he, he's there's probably not going to be a lot of production there for him. But um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. They seem to have a logjam of a bunch of bottom six type guys, either young or veteran. And you got to weed through the thing. It seems to be 15, 18 guys there just kind of, you know, all muddled up. So yeah, it, sure and maybe that's maybe that's what it is. It's about creating that competition and, and seeing who uh, rises to the top. One of the things about him that, that I think is what, part of the reason that you don't feel like he's anything special is because he doesn't do anything exceptionally well. He's not right. a great skater. He's not a great passer. He's not exceptionally big. He's not, you know, uh, a, doesn't have a great shot. He's just a combination of things that add up to a pretty good player. 
and that's what he is. Right. He's a, he's pretty good. Right. And uh, right. so if he's on the third or fourth line and plays 10 minutes a night, you know, whatever. If he's going to chip in a little bit offensively and, and be responsible defensively, I don't see any downside really to that. But, um, right. you know, maybe you have a younger guy with a little more upside that you could play there instead. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. And like you say, though, you, you typically need an elite skill of some point, some something, and he he really doesn't. Like, not an elite shot, not an elite playmaker, not an elite, you know, he, I guess he's not really elite anything. No. So that's that's interesting, and that's probably why he's not signed. <laughs> right. <laughs> because he doesn't have any of that. Yeah. Um, so uh, chart number two, David Pasternak ranked first by NHL Network in the top 20 wings in the NHL. Re- agree with that one? Uh, no. I don't. I love David. Yeah. I love David, but I don't think he's the best winger in the game. Uh, Who do you have for a winger? uh, I would say probably Chichuk is above him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. He might be the only one, though. Trying to think. Yeah, I think Trying to think offhand. I have Pasternak in the the two range with, because then you get Kucherov and and Rantanen and Robertson. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Robertson's really good. Robertson's really good. So uh, he, I might put really Robertson good. above him too, because I think he's a, he does a little bit more of everything. He has more of a complete game, I think. Um, right. So I might put him above. But he doesn't score on the same level goal wise that Pasta does when he's when he's on. No. Um, no. And so I think that probably puts Pasta. You know, he's definitely right. top three. I, I don't know if yeah. I would have him one. Um, like I said, I think yeah. I'd probably have to chuck one and then you could, you could make an argument for, for either Robertson or pasta for number two. No, they have Martian 10th. How do you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably where he belongs, maybe even a little lower than that coming off the year he mm-hmm. had last year where he was good, but not the Martian that we've been seeing, you know, the previous three, four, five years. So right. I think that's probably... Uh, in the right area for him. Uh, could he rebound and, and bounce back into the top five? Absolutely, he could. Um, sure. uh, he could also slip lower coming off of, you know, right. a couple of, uh, you know, he had the hip surgeries and, and you know, can he rebound from that at uh, what, however old he is, 33, 34 years old? Um, right. You know, as he starts to get up there in age, it's harder and harder to come back from stuff like that. So hmm. um, you could, you, you know, there's the, there's, uh, ways that he could go either one way or the other. And, uh, sure. you know, it, it, it's up to him to kind of, uh, you know, decide which way that's going to be. Hmm. Uh, and one thing I didn't agree with, they have Mark Stone at 19. And I think I've always thought Mark Stone was very underrated. Um, they have him behind Clayton Keller and Jake Gensel. And, no way. And, you know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Is, I, I'd take Mark Stone in a heartbeat over all those guys. Yeah, I think he's I think he's a better all-around player. I don't think they account probably for defense in this uh, no, in this thing. No, so it's just pure production. Yeah, I mean, probably. if you're if you're yeah. talking about a guy that you want on the ice late in games, right. um, I'm right. going to pick Mark Stone over a, a bunch of those guys. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I am too. Uh, all right, trip three. Top fifty prospects were revealed. Twenty-five years of age and under. Less than twenty-five games in the league, and fifteen games for goalies. Do you think there are any Bruins on that list? <laughs> no, I do not. 
No, there were not <laughs> any any in the top fifty, uh, and that includes Lowry and uh, Lysel. Um, none of them in the top fifty in the league. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really surprised by that. I mean, the Bruins' um, prospect ranking has been towards the bottom of the league for for quite a while. Uh, I feel like it's on the cusp of maybe making a little bit of a rebound, a little bit of a comeback. They've got some guys that they drafted who seem to have some upside. Um, you know, Poitras had a, had a really good year last year. Uh, Low rise looks like he may be, you know, on the brink of possibly cracking into the Bruins lineup. Uh, if not, he's going to have a full year in the A. You know, Lysel um, has... Uh, you know, been up and down kind of, but he's, you know, a dynamic player. So they have a couple guys there that, you know, um, possibly, you know, in the short term could, uh, you know, could, could crack into that top 50. Yeah. I think, you know, they, they have, I think their top five is pretty, is, is much stronger than it was. I think it drops pretty significantly after that. And I think that's the problem. Um, you know, because after Lowry and Lysel and Poitra and, um, you know, a couple of those guys in there, it, it, it's, it, it hits a little bit of a, a little bit of a cliff, but I will say that the 2018 draft now has only Jakob Lauko and Curtis Hall left in it, in the organization. And then 2019 really only has Johnny Beecher. I mean, Quinn Olson's in there. But that's about it. Uh, it's 2020 that really needs something. Really needs to come of that, and that's Lowry, Kuntar, Langenbrunner, and Duran. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that. They need something. <laughs> they need something. Now, by all accounts, Lowry should be pretty good, but they need something because you know, 17 was was Swayman, and then a bunch of guys who have are not in the organization mm-hmm. anymore, and then 18 and 19 become Lauko's on his last legs. It seems like Mm -hmm. that's, that's a swing and a miss. Uh, and you just can't have like three drafts like that in a row. Um, so that's tough. And then 20, so 2020 is a, is a big one. I mean, that those four guys, you need a couple of those guys. If Kuntar and Lowry are pretty good, then, then I think you're okay. But if they're not, then, then, Oh man, like that, that whole, those three years are, are, you know, a struggle. Uh, so they'll need it big time. Um, all right. Uh, chirp four notable free agents for next off season. You can take Austin Matthews off the list. Oh, that's too bad. Four, four year deal, 13 and a half million a year. Um, and we thought that was a guy that the Bruins should go after hard. And now he's off the books, but, uh, you got Steven Stamkos, William Nylander, Mark Scheifley, who still, his name still, I saw mm-hmm. on Twitter today, yeah. still still linked with the Bruins in some fashion. Jake Gensel, um, uh, Elias Lindholm, and then Jonathan Marchessault, who I'd love to be a Bruin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then defenseman is, is weak. De- Devin Taves, Noah Hannafin, Brandon Montour, and then, of course, the goaltenders. I don't think they'll need one of those, but... So really, it's getting it's getting thinner quick. <laughs> it is getting thinner quick, and and if yeah. I'm the Bruins, I want to come out of that next off season with like one of Nylander, you know, Lindholm or Shifley. If it, if mm. you know if if I had my druthers, like I'm I'm am coming out of there with one of those guys because those guys are all 
you know, either coming into their prime or in their prime now, uh, and, mm-hmm. and would really help solve that center problem, um, with the departures of Bergeron and Krejci. So I really feel yeah. like you need to, um, come out of that off season with one of those guys in order to kind of help solidify, you know, down the middle. I'm really concerned that they have all this cap space and all we talk about is, Hey, they're going to have all this cap space and they, they're going to be able to turn the roster, whatever, turn the roster over and so forth. But if there's just not a lot there, then I'm, I'm not sure what, what they're targeting. You know, if, if, if one or two of those guys gets extended, then boy, you know, who, who, who do you get and who, who then, then do you work on trades and they don't have a lot to trade. So, it, 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 I don't think it's people say, well, they have a lot of cap space. They'll go out and get a couple guys. Well, I don't think that's guaranteed. That's like, not, so no. could they be left holding the bag <laughs> at the end? Absolutely. Okay. They could. It's happened yeah. to them before, uh, right. you know, with, with some guys, uh, you know, Tavares being one and, and a Ginla, you know, uh, being another, uh, mm-hmm. where he went to Pittsburgh initially and then right. came to Boston. So, uh, I mean, it's right. happened to them a few times where they've kind of tried to get guys, you know, either thought they had deals done or, or were in it till the very end, but, but just couldn't, uh, close the deal when it, when it came right down to it. So, um, yeah, I'd be worried about that until one of those guys is inked and you see the little scroll of the breaking news thing coming across mm-hmm. inside the rink.com saying, you know, Bruins have signed so-and-so I'm worried about it until, until, yeah. uh, until that happens, until you get one of those yeah. guys signed and on the dotted line and, and to help fill that center void. Um, you know, it, it's a concern. Absolutely. It is. And I, I, again, I, I, yeah, I mean, they don't have, I mean, do they, if that happens, do they then, you know, move on from Lysel or lower? They'll have to trade some of those guys to get, to get, you know, pieces in there or just rely on these young kids to come in and accept roles. So that's going to be an extremely interesting off season next year. Um, especially if, if they don't play well, you know, and if yeah. they don't have a great year this year, if maybe if they, if they don't make the playoffs, like, and then you go into that off season, similar to 2015 when they traded Lucic and, and Hamilton and all that, and, and tried to change their roster over when, when Sweeney took the job, like that's, uh, it's going to be very interesting what happens. Well, um, you know, I was going to say, I'll, I'll tell you one thing, if they are, if they're out of it, come, you know, Thanksgiving, they should really seriously consider tanking and trying to get into the top five and, and get, right. you know, get a, get a pick that could, could be a game changer type of player. Um, right. you know, the, the kid, um, I can't think of what his name is. That's going to be you there. Um, uh, oh, yeah. um, he, he could be, uh, you know, a, a really, not necessarily a generational talent like a McDavid or anything like that, but, but mm-hmm. a really good player that you could, uh, that you could build around for years to come. So if, uh, if they're out of it, they, they have to seriously consider, you know, going the old tank route and see if they can get into this lottery and get, get up towards the top. Yeah, they do. I, I agree. Totally. I mean, it, to me, it would be better for them to, instead of trying to scratch and claw to get a playoff berth, it'd be better just to, to trade some guys and, and just sort of start a rebuild. Um, Chirp five EA cover athlete for NHL 24 is Kale McCarr. Your thoughts on that? Yeah. It, 
uh, great, but it's a year too late. Well, I mean, right. why don't you have the guy on the cover when he's the fucking Con Smythe MVP and the team uh, wins the cup? They don't put him on then. They put right. Austin Matthews on again. I mean, I just yeah. Austin Matthews was on the cover twice in three years. Right. Did, you're telling me there's no other superstars in the league that could be on the cover of the damn game, right? And then they right. put Zegris and Sarah Nurse on it last, you know, this past season. You know, that's great. Zegris has had the, you know, some highlight reel type of stuff. And, you know, they're trying to get more, you know, exclusion, uh, include exclusion, inclusion uh, with with women in hockey and so forth. And that's and that's great. Um, but, yeah, I love Camel Car. Uh, I, yeah. But it's a year. It's a year or two too late. You know, they don't they don't put him on when he's the MVP of the goddamn league. They put him on two years afterwards when he's coming yeah. off, you know, a knee injury. I, 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 I just, I, I yeah, mean, I mean, me too. Go. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. understand the logic of the people that work. It's like, they don't follow the sport. It's yeah, like they, they, it, they may not. It's like they watch. <laughs> it's like they, they, you know, they do the game and they know the players and they rate them all, but then they don't really understand the sport. And it's mm-hmm. maddening for the people mm-hmm. to play the game uh, that have been complaining about the game forever. Uh, and then, you know, the people who go, the you make the decisions to put athletes on the cover. It just doesn't make any sense at all. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And then, you know, I don't know why I care so much, but it, it is frustrating when they, like you said, they're just late to the game and they, or they come up with this, you know, out of bounds or Austin Matthews situation. Like there's, there's, there's no excuse. The there's no <laughs> excuse for putting him no. on the cover twice in three years. None. No, none. you can't why, give me, why? you can't give me any kind of he's rationale. Not even the best player in the league. No, I you mean, can't give me player. a rationale that, right. that makes sense of that. You can't, right. you could say right. anything and I will plug my ears and hold my <laughs> breath and not fucking listen to you. Cause you can't give me any excuse that will make sense of that. You can't. no, if you're gonna do that, just put McDavid on it. Every yeah, year. do like, McDavid yeah. every year, or do yeah. uh, do a do a Legends cover and put Gretzky yeah. on the damn thing. That yeah, would sell year, out. You know, whatever. Do yeah. some do uh, something yeah, I, original, but not the same guy two years in a row. When I saw that, I was like, "Is that a, did I download the wrong game? Did I download yeah, the same game right. over again by mistake? Is this a different yeah. cover? Did I? Do- I've been playing the game since the game 1991." I, and I still play it as a as a re, ridiculous as it is as a fifty year old yeah. man. I still play 30, the game. Thirty three years of I've been playing NHL. it forever, and I yeah. and I and I'll probably pre order this one and play right. it again. And I you know I love it. I love playing it. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I I hear you. Uh, all right, chirp six. Bruins sign former Harvard captain John Farinacci. Sixty-one points in seventy-nine collegiate games. A World Junior gold medal. Five goals in seven games during that tournament. Physical player. In a nice get. I think so. I think it was a nice yeah. get. I think there were some other teams that were that were after him. I think he plays kind of a, a crispy, chippy style, uh, and he has some offensive instincts and talent. So uh, anytime the Bruins can add a guy like that, that uh, they don't have to draft, um, you know, because they have a, you know, 
not as many draft picks as, as, as we would hope them to have because of all the trades and so forth, uh, Mm -hmm. over the, you know, the course of the last few years here. Um, yeah, it's great. It's great. It's a great ad. And, and, uh, you know, hopefully they can do it some more with some other, you know, college free agents and, and, and the like. Providence should have a really interesting team this year. I mean, they, they might have Frederick Brunet in there. They yeah. might have a guy like Farinacci. Like they'll they'll have some they'll have some good intriguing players on the team this year. Um, so you know we'll see. And I, I like I like the signing. Like, look, they have to go the college free agent undrafted route. They have to. Yeah. Um, and they love the hockey East. They do. You know, they love the ECAC. They love the you know the New England teams. Well, I mean, it's it is yeah. good hockey. There's a lot of there's a lot of good talent yeah. really close by, so you get to see a lot of really good players close up, uh, mm-hmm. and and they take advantage of that, which they should. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, there are there are other avenues. There are other places yeah, where there are uh, other places. Where, where people play hockey, and uh, they well, could they look finally, they could look they there too. Realize where the Ontario <laughs> Hockey League was because they, they did draft a couple guys. About time. <laughs> so they did get uh, Portrait, and you know, so. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's I think it's a pretty good get, and hopefully, I mean, they they just have they they just seem to be you know, just picking off the apple tree, anybody they can sort of put the scrounge together and try to find the right mix, I guess. But uh, we'll see what happens with Farinacci. Uh, and then Sharp 7, every NHL team's best off-season off acquisition by daily face-off. And for the Bruins, they listed Jesper Boquist. I, don't, I, just, don't, I just don't get it. That's the best off-season acquisition for your Boston Bruins. I don't feel that that's true at all. <laughs> no, I, I mean, for me, for me, I think it's I probably would go with Morgan Geeky for me uh, right. just because of the position he plays, the style he plays. And and, um, you know, his metrics were were really good. And it, he, yeah. it seems like there might be some upside there, some untapped potential there that, um, you know, hopefully turns into something a little bit more substantial and, and maybe you have another Pavel Zaka type situation on your hands. So, so for me, yeah. it's, it's Morgan geeky fairly easily. Uh, fairly so easy. I, I don't know why, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. yes for Boquist that is yeah. uh, the daily face off. I don't know what uh, their <laughs> criteria were, but it's no. not the same one I would use. I'll tell you that no. much. Geeky is definitely the pick. I mean, definitely. I mean, I'd go JVR before I go for Yeah, I would Bullquist. too. I mean, my goodness. Uh, and the rest of the league is a who's who of former Bruins. <laughs> really uh, is. Yeah. <laughs> Dimitri Orlov. Yeah. Thomas Nosek. Yeah. Blake Wheeler. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Mike Tyler Bertuzzi. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my goodness. It really is. Yeah. It's and like. Pat Maroon with the uh, Wild. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's yeah. an interesting one. They're yeah, trying to yeah. fill the the Ryan Reeves uh, uh, is gone from there, I believe, right? Or right, is he still right. there? Is he still there? Yeah, is Reeves right? On? Reeves, I don't know if Reeves is still there. I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, Garnet Hathaway with the Flyers. Wow, yeah. there's a there's a there's a few there. Maroon, you know, wh- wherever he goes, they win the cup. So maybe the Wild are your pick. Yeah, this year maybe win it all, um, but yeah, that's uh, I would definitely pick Geeky, and I'm really intrigued by Geeky. I think me too. I'm really looking forward to see him play and 
and see if they found another Zaka type where they get a guy in his prime, you know, just entering his prime, mm-hmm. who has some ability, uh, who has projected up, and um, you know, maybe he can be a nice little sneaky. And they got him two years, which could yeah. be a really good deal. Mm-hmm. You know, a really good deal by them. Um, all right, DraftKings Sportsbook, Boston's hometown sportsbook is live right here in Massachusetts. Bet local on all your favorite sports from the company of your own home with DraftKings. To celebrate, all new customers will receive up to $200 in bonus bets when you sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook using code ITR. You can now bet local on money line spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbooks, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and sign up with the code ITR to get up to $200 in bonus bets to use. Now that mobile sports betting is live in Massachusetts, that's code ITR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, call 800-327-5050 or visit helplinema.org to speak with a trained specialist free and confidentially 24-7. 21 plus, physically present in Mass. Eligibility restrictions apply. Subject to regulatory licensing requirements. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Opt-in required. Bonus issued as free bets. Terms at DraftKings.com slash MA. So we talked last episode, about three weeks ago, about who had the worst contract on the Bruins roster. So we had a poll. Mm-hmm. 483 votes. This this poll really struck a nerve. <laughs> And uh, because it was mainly because of the of the selections, Charlie Coyle, David Pasternak, Charlie McAvoy and Brandon Carlo. And the reason why I picked these four was because all over Facebook, especially people were hammering on like Pasternak's deal and McAvoy's deal and even Carlo's deal and so forth. Yeah. So we put it out there and and coming in at 5% was Charlie McAvoy, 10% Pasternak, 28% Brandon Carlo and 57% was Charlie Coyle with a lot of write-ins for Derek Forbort. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Forbort had a lot of write-ins. Here's the problem with Forbort. Like, first, I mean, he's only making $3 million. It's not like he's making, like, six. Yeah. You know? Uh, so, I, yeah, it's not great. But he's a $3 million. He's probably a He's probably a $2 million defenseman, a $1.75 million defenseman, making a million too much. Probably. Yeah. He's probably um, a $2 million defenseman at the end yeah, of the day. At the end of the day. So, it's Coyle's term and it's and it's and it's uh, a little and i think he's priced at about a million too much so that's that's where i don't love it um but this is a big year for coil he's 31 years old so i wouldn't expect him to jump up and get 70 points like he is what he is yeah but uh it's a big year for him as far as the bruins are concerned because they really need him to produce and be a top six center, which we've said all along, you know, he really isn't. If you're trying to be a really good hockey team, no. If he's if if you're trying to be a cup, cup contending team, he's not a top six center. He's a really no. good. He's a really good third line center. Yeah, a really sure. good one. Yeah. Like a really yeah. really good one. Um, yeah. But is he a top six center? No, because he doesn't produce enough to be a top six center, and he never really has. He's shown flashes, and you know maybe he'll put it all together. 
But there's the difference, and we've talked about it before, between being a really good player and a great player is the consistency. You go through stretches where you don't really do much or you have you know, 10 or 12 games where you have one point or two points. Um, the really, really good players, that doesn't happen to them. It just doesn't. No. They, they produce consistently. They might go through a stretch where they have three or four games where they have one or two points, um, but then they'll bounce back with, in the next 10 games, they'll have 12 points. You know, Coyle's not really that type of player. So it's the term, and it's the, also the fact that he's making, you know, Two and a half million dollars more than Forboard is, so it's not, you right. know, right. a million, right. a million more at three million to two million. It's a million more at five and a, you know five and a quarter, five and a half to four and a quarter. Right. You know, it's yeah. a little bit um, more money. It's more of a percent of your cap. So, um, right. right, you know that affords you or doesn't afford you the ability to go out and and get other guys to fill in some spots where you know maybe you need one so um i think that's really the biggest issue is the is the production and and the the you know aav really right um and before we go i wanted to touch on jake debrus there were um in what he said recently, just a couple of days ago, that he really wanted to be in Boston and kind of, you know, kind of grew up here as a player. Um, a, a complete 180 from a couple of years ago with Jake. Um, what's it going to take and what would you do as far as, see, I think they'll sign him to an extension during the year as long as he produces the first month or two. Like if he, if he shows that he can produce without, you know, the Krejci's and the Bergeron's of the world, if he can do it without them, then I think they sign him and extend him. But what do you think the number would be? And what do you think the Bruins are willing to do? I think the number is going to be uh, just south of Marchand in that range. I think it's probably, if, if he produces and he's on pace for 30 goals again, like, you know, those guys are, are valuable in the league. If he's driving the play on the first line with Marchand and, and that line's kind of clicking and, and they're producing, you know, I could see a six times six type of thing with him. Um, you know, a little bit less than Marchand. Um, but, uh, you know, in that, you know, around six ballpark, I would say, is probably, um, you know, what I would do. Would I go above that? No, I don't think I would. You know, I'm not. Would you go six years? I would probably go. You would. I would because he's what twenty. He's twenty. He'll be twenty-seven. Oh, twenty-seven. He's twenty. I think he's. Yeah, I think he's. uh, I think he may even be twenty-seven now. Okay. Uh, So, so this this deal is going to take him to like thirty-three years. Yeah, I I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go more than six years. I don't think I would. I would. You know, if I if you get him for four years, I would do that. But I don't know if you can. I don't know if he would yeah, be willing be 27 to 27 in October. He probably yeah. is. He probably is looking for a, you know, a big secure deal. So something six times six, something in that range. I, I would do, uh, if you could do, you know, four years at six, I would mm-hmm. do that instead. I mean, maybe you go four years and right. you give him a little bit more, maybe it's four and six right. and a half, but, um, right. you know, I wouldn't really go much higher than that. I don't think I would give him seven. Um, I certainly mm-hmm. wouldn't give right. him six times seven. Um, uh-huh. uh, unless he has, you know, an outstanding year and, and he's going to get blown away in free agency. I mean, he'd probably get more than that in free agency anyway, just cause teams right. are stupid. Um, and right. we'll, it will just 
spend money to spend it. Um, mm. But, you know, does he want to be on a good team like the Bruins and an original six team team that he knows? Or does he want to go to, you know, Arizona or San Jose or some shit? Right. You know? Right. Because um, right. he probably could and get that, more money and do the that. Teams that would overpay. Yeah. Those, those would be the teams that would overpay. Um, I mean, I, I might go. F- See, I, I really love the shorter term. Like, I just worry with DeBrusque. Once he gets his money, let's say he gets six times six or whatever. Um, I just worry with DeBrus that is the drive still going to be there? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is his big deal or his, like, yeah, a big chunk of his career deal right here. Because after that, when he's 34 or whatever, it's one-year deals probably going out uh, as he retires. So I, I, I just worry because we've seen him with lack of motivation. You know what I'm saying? We've, we've seen him. There's, there's a, there's a history there of him not giving great effort, you know, and being a passenger for certain, you know, for certain reasons, but he, he's been capable of that before. Yeah. You know what I'm saying yeah. so that's, it's in his DNA that it could happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's the only thing that, that worries me is that once he gets the big deal, is he still, like motivated to play because it's guaranteed money. Like they, they can't take that money for, for away from him in the NHL. Right. So he gets the money. So that's the only thing I'd be concerned about with him. Like he's a good player. I like him a lot. And when he's playing well, he's really good. And he's been much better defensively too. He's become oh, he a has. pretty good, well-rounded player. Yeah, he has been. But I just, I, there's still in the back of my head there, like that, that he's capable of kind of mailing it in. You know what I mean? When, yeah. you, when things aren't right. And that's that's the only thing that I have a, a just sort of a caveat with. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's definitely it. a worry. No doubt about it. Yeah. No doubt so, about it. Um, and, you know, when Martian comes off, probably comes off the books in a couple of years or three at the most, I think. Um, so there'll be money there. And there's, there's going to be, you know, a cap creeping up and all that. So there'll be money there for Jake. And like you said, if he's a 25 to 30 goal scorer, they, they don't grow on trees. No. So you got to pay those so, guys. Yeah, I mean, you could, that's the best to go in rate. Mm-hmm. So unless you want to go get another guy and, and hope that he, that he plays well here or get the proven guy. I mean, it's a, it's a tough one with him. Um, so, I, but I really think it gets done by Thanksgiving. I really do. I really think it gets done. I think, I think he, you know, if he just comes out and is producing right away and playing pretty well, I think they extend him before the first of the year. I do. I, I, I really do. So yeah. we'll I, I mean, I, I, I hope it happens because I think he's one of their, their good young players that, uh, you know, when he's going well is, is pretty dynamic. So, um, yeah. you know. It's a it's a it's a good guy to uh, to lock up. Still being still being young and all. And I think another reason I think that they would do it, and, and even though this is is that whole like that whole draft was kind of a you know a shit show. Yeah. So uh, yeah. in order to kind of save a little face there, you can say, look, we we hit on a guy in that draft. Yeah, we hit on a guy. We yeah. hit on a guy. He's here long term. You know, he's yeah. a, a been a really good player for us and, and so forth and yeah. so on. So, I mean, I don't think that would be a driving force behind it, but I think that's in the back of their minds, you know, a little bit. Sweeney yeah. saying, you know, I got to I gotta keep this guy. I got to sign this guy. Uh, maybe sure. save a little face from uh, from that uh, that terrible, terrible draft we had. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that that's I think that that's a good point. And the other point is, they don't have a ton of young talent, right? So they're kind of they're kind of you know backing themselves in the corner where here's the probably the most talented young guy they have, mm-hmm. and they've got to and they have to they have to do what it takes to sign him. And if he, you know, maybe he uses some of that leverage. I'm maybe. not sure. I'm not. I mean, I know his dad's involved and stuff, so I don't think he's taken less than he feels his market value is. Yeah. So, um, and then there was the, the guy who just signed, who was it? You just signed. who was a similar player to him that got six times, six times six or whatever it was. He got a, or was it eight years? It was some ridiculous deal. And people were saying, well, this is kind of what DeBrusco is going to, you know, might get. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of scary too. So I don't, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I think it gets done. And I think the Bruins go, I'm going to call it, they go, you know, f- I think they try to go like five years at six and change six to five or something. Okay. Something like that. Um, but we'll see. Uh, so we're a week away from rookie camp and then uh, 10 days away from uh, the first prospect challenge game in Buffalo. We're going to see a bunch, bunch of those young pups in the prospect challenge. And at rookie camp, we will uh, keep an eye on it from Jamaica yep. uh, over on the Oyster Bay section. Yes, we will. And, uh, with our, uh, with our, Flavored drinks and our yep. and our umbrellas. Our boat drinks and, and our uh, umbrellas. Have a good old time. Yes, yeah. we will. You know, it's a it's a good it's a good the timing is good that it's right before the season starts. It's a yeah. good little, you know, getaway that gets us pumped up for the season. Yeah. And then this season is just gonna be like the, an all timer for the Bruins Brenners podcast. Yeah, we it's got some we be... got some stuff in the pipeline that we can't really speak on now that we're we're yeah. pretty excited about some some nice mm-hmm. collaborations and some some things that uh, you know uh, we we're really really excited about uh, to share with you guys when the time's right. Uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. it'll be a nice little re, you know relaxing refresh get that get us refreshed and and uh, back from back from uh, Jamaica just in time for the training camp to kick off and we'll jump right into the season and and be ready to go and and uh, blasting on mm. all cylinders. Oh when, yeah, when, blasting uh, on all cylinders when uh, the season Absolutely. season opens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you want to check out the coast to coast podcast. I was on that podcast with March and Danny. That was a good time. We talked Bruins and some Bruins Canadians history. So that was fun. So check out that pod on all uh, platforms and we will be back again in a couple of weeks. when We get back from Jamaica for the season three premiere of the Bruins Benders podcast. Until then, thanks a lot for listening and go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Mm, Bye-bye. Family, I'm a wolf.